This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Francis's revulsion towards sacred tradition was on full display last week, and barely anyone outside of a few people who read obscure articles even noticed it. His antipathy took the form of being extremely dismissive to a group of pilgrims who had walked a great distance to see him personally, and in the form of his being rather dismissive of pious, powerful devotions, and a through a distortion of the book of Job, he rejects an understanding of that book that had been the norm for the church throughout its entire history. And his antipathy manifested itself in another reform that he issued that flew under the radar that undermines traditional religious groups even more than they had been already. And it really needs to be discussed by more by those knowledgeable in such things in the church. So I hope that me covering it here will help bring it to the attention of some people who are knowledgeable in such things. Because in times where good holy men and women are deemed to be fake monks and fake nuns for seeking to live out their religious vocations in ways not in keeping with the springtime of the Church of the New Advent and its diabolical spirit, it really needs to be looked at. So let's take a look at these stories of Francis's big week of being dismissive of tradition together. First, let us begin with the callus. Francis hosted a group of mothers of young traditional priests who went on pilgrimage from France to the Vatican to speak to him. They walked the entire way. We're talking a thousand miles here. And they aren't exactly young women either. This story comes from Phil Lawler at CatholicCulture.org, where he provides this headline. A French Vatican observer ponders the end of the regime. Like it keeps saying, this is something people keep speculating about, that Francis's time on the throne of Peter is coming to a close. Given that he's 85, it is a safe bet that he'll be gone soon. However, I do caution people against betting on it, though, in any way. He's probably actually going to be around for longer than most of us anticipate. But Mr. Lawler describes the situation with the French mothers in this way, quote, And while he admonishes others to show mercy, to reach out and accompany those who disagree, Pope Francis shows no such patience to traditionalist Catholics. When a group of 30 French women, mothers of traditionalist priests, walked to Rome, covering nearly 1,000 miles, to attend a papal audience and plead for the continued use of the Latin liturgy, the Pope allowed just one of them to speak with him for one minute, end quote. Ah, yes, how wonderfully merciful of him. I guess that treatment is partially on the traditional French mothers for expecting that the Pope of Mercy and Accompaniment would show mercy to these mothers by accompanying them in any way. One whole minute after a thousand-mile walk. Ponder that one for a while. Take all the time you need. There really is no excuse for such treatment. Not that it is all that surprising, to be honest. And for those who might say, well, they, how did he know they were coming? This story was out there for a long time, being widely reported that they were on pilgrimage to go see him. He knew they were coming. For, but, you know, Francis has a penchant for dramatically dismissing those he simply doesn't care for. And in this case, traditionalist priests, and I guess their mothers, fit the bill. And that brings us to this. Francis had some wonderful, meaning terrible, words about Catholic prayer and our relationship with God. From the Catholic News Agency, we get this headline. Pope Francis, God is not afraid of our prayer or protest. Afraid is an interesting word, given that I doubt God is much afraid of much of anything. <laughs> and protest is an equally interesting word. It's a very loaded word in this age of political idolatry that he can't have used it unintentionally. Francis wants us to rail against God. That's always struck me as a bad idea, by the way, since 
such railing against God, it seems to me to be rooted in the first deadly sin, at least in my own understanding of it. At the core of his argument is the notion that we must be emotional in our faith and in our relationship with God. Quote, Pope Francis urged Catholics on Wednesday to feel free to protest spontaneously to God when faced with suffering and injustice. Reflecting on the book of Job and his general audience address in St. Peter's Square on May 18th, the Pope said that, quote, God is not afraid of our prayer of protest. Sometimes I meet people who approach me and say, but Father, I protested against God because I have this and that problem. But you know, friend, that protesting is a way to pray when it is done like that, he said. When children, when young people object against their parents, it is a way of attracting their attention and asking that they take care of them. If you have some wound in your heart, some pain, and you want to object, object even to God. God will listen to you. God is a father. God is not afraid of our prayer or protest. No, God understands. But be free. Be free in your prayer. Don't imprison your prayer with preconceived paradigms. End quote. The thing about the book of Job is this. The story of Job is the story of perseverance and total surrender to the will of God, despite suffering whatever torments God and the devil can throw at you. It's kind of the point of Job. Job is put to the test and he submits to God. The accepted point of that whole book is this. The book of Job teaches that Satan cannot bring material and physical woe upon us unless it is with God's permission. God has power over even what Satan can, can and cannot do, regardless of his own thoughts in the matter. It is beyond our human ability to understand the whys behind all the suffering in the world. And honestly, we shouldn't try to understand the why behind all suffering, since later Christ teaches us what to do in the face of evils in the world. We just need to know that the wicked will receive their just recompense. We cannot always blame suffering and sin on our lifestyles as God allows suffering in our lives to purify, test, teach, and strengthen the soul. There are saintly wealthy people and there are absolutely wretched sinful people in poverty. God remains enough and he deserves the requests, our love, and praise in all circumstances of life. That's the short version, anyway, of the takeaway from Job. Instead, railing against God, as Francis invites us to do in the face of that, he, it suggests that our will and our understanding are key to the relationship we have God, because at the core of this is a how very dare you treat me like this if we know you're railing against God. It's a re remarkably myopic statement to make when you promote a false gospel of the world and the worldly, you're going to have a warped understanding of one of the key texts of the Old Testament. Now, all sources are linked in today's show notes at the newly remodeled and revamped returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcast or channel with a .org at the end. Simply look for the post with the same title as this episode, and you'll find all the sources linked there. It's a good backup place to follow Return to Tradition, since our hosts aren't really recommending my videos to as many people as they used to, which isn't that surprising. But this brings me to the Francis's anti-tradition reform, or the latest in the string of anti-tradition reforms. Again, this flew under the radar because most people will not get the impact this has on religious communities it aims to reform, mostly because it's not an eye-catching story. From cath.net, we get this headline, Vatican Decree. Clerical orders can also appoint lay people as leaders. Okay, so what's the big deal, right? Well, remember how Francis ruled that lay people can be put in charge of Vatican dicasteries now, and how that points to laity being able to be put in charge of even dioceses. This is the same kind of thing. Most religious orders say explicitly in their constitutions that laity cannot be put in charge of a religious order or community. Even a lay member of the community, like a third order Franciscan, cannot be put in charge of a Franciscan community. That it must be a member of the religious community itself who becomes the mother superior, the prior, the abbot, abbess, or whatever the particular title is. But not anymore. From the article, quote, 
religious communities of the Catholic Church, which have so far only been led by clerics, can in exceptional cases in future also appoint lay people as superiors of an institution. A corresponding exemption from the Pope was published on Wednesday by the Vatican. According to this, the heads of a religious house, a province, or an entire community can also appoint lay brothers as superiors in exceptional cases, provided that the respective leadership team has decided to do so. The Vatican Order Authority in Rome must also agree to each individual decision. According to canon law, canon 588, subsection 2, an institute of consecrated life or a society of apostolic life is considered clerical when its founder has determined that the community will be governed by a priest who as such exercises the consecration and the institute is recognized as clerical by the competent ecclesiastical authority. In view of the vocation crisis in religious communities, which mainly affects lay brothers, it is questionable how often the new regulation can actually be used. Religious per se are neither clergy nor laity, which is why they are often referred to as the third estate in the Catholic Church. Catholic communities, on the other hand, can be clerical or lay according to canon law. End quote. This is the further democratization of the Catholic Church. It's as simple as that. This is foisting the values of the world upon the Church. You know, the values of the world are locked in a particular moment in time and are always changing. While the values of the Church are eternal, timeless, and transcendent, now we see a leveling up of the laity where they can be put in charge of communities that include priests if the circumstances are correct. And uh, folks, most male religious orders are in such bad shape that the circumstances are there for a lot of them. And think about that for a moment. It's an inversion of the relationship between laity and the ordained. And as I've said before, inversion is diabolical in nature. Their church is not a level organization where everyone is equal in standing. The church is hierarchical in nature. It's hierarchical by design. We should accept that. We'll be happier if we accept that instead of trying to make the church look like a municipal office where we decide by popular assent who rules over us. Christ established the church in a certain way with reasons that fit heaven's peace plan. It may not fit our ideas about what things should look like, but Christ knows better than we do. And he certainly knows better than this generation of bishops who are time-locked in the late 1960s mindset. Before I close, I want to bring these words of Pope St. Pius X to your attention. St. Pius X was the pontiff who dedicated his papacy to the battling of the modernists and was nearly successful in banishing them forever. He did this battle at the early 20th century. He promulgated the famous Oath Against Modernism, which I've featured here in the past. Here he describes something that is applicable to what we've discussed, or the core underlying value of what we discussed today, which is the bringing of the church into the modern world again, a new direction for the church again. Pius X condemns that as a pernicious error. Quote, it is impossible to approve in Catholic publications of a style inspired by unsound novelty, which seems to deride the piety of the faithful and dwells on the introduction of a new order of Christian life, on new directions of the church, on new aspirations of the modern soul, on a new vocation for the clergy, on a new Christian civilization, end quote. He was obviously talking about the modernist agitation happening in various Catholic newspapers and magazines at the dawn of the 20th century, but its main sentiment is applicable to everything in the church today. This leveling is an unsound novelty, to borrow a phrase from St. Pius X, and Francis is seeking to introduce a new order of Christian life, a new union of the Christian with the modern world, for us to walk together instead of in opposition to one another. This is a surrendering of the church to the prince of this world, and down that path lies unmitigated disaster. 
you have it, folks. Francis was utterly callous in dismissing a group of elderly mothers who walked a thousand miles to see him in Rome. He was dismissive of faithful Catholic prayer and the traditional understanding of Job by distorting the message of the book of Job. And he wants to put laymen and women in charge of religious communities. What do you think the effect of this will be? Let me know in the comments, please, because there comes a point where the prophecy of St. Francis of Assisi comes to mind, which speaks about a destroyer, not a shepherd, ascending the throne of Peter. Let me know if you think I'm off base with that thought, and like and subscribe if you haven't, it really does help. And share this video if you can too, since our host changed the way the algorithm works again, and every YouTuber out there now seems to hate what they've done, which is also typical. But the new algorithm favors sharing, so share it if you can, it does help. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.